what's really good, y'all? It's your girl, Issa. You are tuned in to All Day Play FM. This is Rhizomatic Radio. And yes, we've had multiple technical difficulties. Shout outs to Mercury and Retrograde. At this point, if you don't believe in that, I don't believe in you. How about that? Ooh, we're starting off hot today. Um, we have in the studio with us, let's do our, our mic check right now. Skirt, skirt. That's my mic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got that. What up? Check, let's check your levels. Can you speak? Yeah, turn my levels up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, keep talking. Yo, 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 yo. Okay, yeah, you're on this mic. What's up? What's up? What's up? Homies always text us when shit's off because it helps us. I know. Um, I'm going to turn your... I can't really hear you that well, so I'm going to just... Um, so you don't even know who's talking, which is great. Maybe I won't, <laughs> maybe I won't ever introduce her and I'll just be like this mystery voice. Um, so today I'm super honored and excited to have the one Gretchen Carvajal on air with me and you will get to know her over the, like the next 45 minutes. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's hard to describe this woman in, in any amount of words because there is so little that you don't do. Girl. I was about to describe you in the third person. <laughs> She's a <laughs> woman warrior. Um, a woman warrior. Oh my god. Straight up. I don't even know. I was thinking about how to describe you and it was like the heart, soul, oh. mind, spirit of everything I'm ever trying to be. Oh my god. Um, multimedia storyteller. Most a lot of people know you now through Brown Girls, which yeah. is your kind of like jewelry yep. line, but yeah. it, I think it's bigger than that. Like everything you do, I think it has a lot of intentions that go beyond the materials themselves because you're someone who pushes passion not products period wow that's amazing (laughs) using that off top thank Um, you yeah poet educator organizer amazing cook oh thank you shit be trying bro teach me dude i got you i've been watching food network since i was like seven so we're here family woman yes off top cancer that's cancerian Oh, through and through. Breadwinner. Period. Support. Ciabatta. Ciabatta. Focaccia. Ciabatta, focaccia. <laughs> Dutch crunch. You know what I'm Dutch crunch. Sourdough. Sourdough. Bay Area classic. You know what Bringing I'm saying? Bringing all of the breads. <laughs> um, thank you so much for being on air with us. Thank you for having me, girl. I've been listening to your radio for since I was like dog, like since it was parked car and I was in college in Wisconsin, all sad and shit. And I was just like... <laughs> This is a piece of home. It's just ease on the radio talking. Now I get to be on it, so I'm geek. Thank you for having me. And so much of our friendship is in part cars. Oh my god, so many moments, so many memes. So that's kind of the best thing ever about. I'm trying to like redo this instrumental as we're talking. Why am I like <laughs> literally, guys? Like 2020 is my year. I'm Dog. going to figure out <laughs> all the technologies. Like retrograde I, is just out to get us. Bro. You know what sucks? It's not retrograde. <laughs> it's just like can't even blame it. There's certain skills that I just need to prioritize and one of them is figuring out how on tractor to rewind a track <laughs> so that's just like I believe in you girl on air accountability um one thing that you know I don't do small talk so we're gonna jump right in oh um, my god water signs be prepared uh, this is your only warning <laughs> dive in I know I'm like mm, no scaffolding nope. um one thing that you and I've talked a lot about, but I think is a really great conversation to open up to other folks is, so we met in the context of poetry at You Speaks um, through writing workshops, which were not just about putting pen to paper, but also conversations around language. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want to just like give folks context to like your relationship to language and the word. And I've heard you even outside of conversations you and I've had about like how you came to poetry as a place to actually feel empowered because as an immigrant a lot of times language is a place where we feel um well I'm saying immigrant like I I was born here I don't know why I just did that (laughs) that's that's not a wee moment but um language can be a place of a lot of anxiety yeah so I'm just curious for you what your relationship has been to language and then how poetry actually became a place for you to feel multiple things I don't want to say just powerful but word yeah i think like at a young age language was like hella traumatic for me super tough like coming here and like yeah having hella experiences in the playground in elementary school where people would call me fob or like say i had an accent or say yeah just like i couldn't communicate in different ways or in like just linguistic ways as a young person and so i did find i think like that forced me to find other ways to communicate 
um whether that would be which is a lot of action so like a lot of service a lot of like mm. things music like a lot of i sang a lot as a kid you know what i'm saying really and, yeah girl it's i'm filipino karaoke is like our <laughs> extreme sport like so that's what we would do instead like at the house yeah or like at family parties like my dad would be like go sing for for them like it would be a flex it's like a parental flex if your kids could sing (laughs) and then i started monetizing it when i got like a little older because i was like you're not gonna pimp me out right now you're gonna make me sing in front of these people and i'm not gonna get paid so i started like charging my dad when you have been monetizing circa (laughs) i know it's hilarious but yeah, I think when I came to poetry, it was kind of like, yeah, it was like mad empowering because it was this thing that so many people like roasted me for or mm. like made me feel super shitty about. And then it was like, oh, dude, I could fucking do this. And so it like for a long time turned me away from words, like turned me away from language. But I think I've always felt more um, aligned with language than I did with like other things like numbers and science and things like that i've always been drawn to storytelling i would do like my sister's essays and shit when i was like yeah they're like in college and i would do it i was like in the sixth grade or something and like it was just like because it was like easy for me to write something Mm -hmm. and then i didn't really know that it was possible to like take it off the page until it was until i saw like brave new voices and you speaks and it was just like yo like i know i could do this and then it was yeah, became like this safe space, this like flex on all those people that like oppressed the fuck out of me or like mm. shitted on me. And then it was, just, and they were coming to my shit and I was like, didn't you used to roast me, bro? Like, <laughs> didn't you used to call me a fob and now you're snapping for me? So what was but, your relationship or what was the distinction then for you between like, I think spoken word and for the people on air who don't know what Brave New Voices and You Speak says, it's more of like a spoken word space. Word. So it's not necessarily, for me, it's like the space where for people who don't love the page there's opportunity for you Mm -hmm. to just feel like you can express yourself on the mic or in a workshop space Mm -hmm. but you also liked essays like what was that distinction for you coming in English and all the different languages you speak of like okay I like the word on the page and the stage yeah I think the word on the page was like mad like self-reflective and it was like gave me time to be anxious and gave me time to self-edit hella tough it gave me time to just be in my head and go crazy because that's what I do (laughs) um but then like when it comes to like performance or like being on stage or slamming or whatever it's like the energy like the quote-unquote energetic reciprocity that you get right (laughs) but it is it is an energetic reciprocity and like um the exchanges afterwards I think that's what like hooked me in like it's like like the dope art of poetry like took me in and then what kept me there was like a lot of the reflectiveness that other people saw when they watched right it's like Mm -hmm. oh damn like I've never heard somebody verbalize that or I didn't know anybody else was feeling this you know so I think that was the thing and as a feeler as a water sign I don't know what you're talking about (laughs) right so it's just yeah I think those are the two different things and and it, it has a similar effect of like when you're writing something on page and then giving it to somebody it's like but it's like a whole other intimate thing whereas like with it's like a crazy like there's this word in Tagalog called kapwa and it's like collective oneness oh wow so yeah so it's like the beginning syllable of ka is like to share something with someone so like kaibigan is like to share love and it means friend like or like uh, yeah, or something like that and so it's just like the kapwa is like a collective oneness that I feel whenever I do like poetry it's like you're my kapwa like all the people in this room are like one with me um, and sharing yeah. this like thing yeah so I really fuck with that with poetry and I love that and that's something I feel like you embody in a lot of we had a recent park car conversation when we were talking about that in regards to Mm. what motivates you specifically with like brown girls or anything you do brown girls is just one of your vessels but in terms of thinking about I even the money that I generate from this I give back or I employ my family to make the jewelry and then I give money back to my family and so there's like a collective oneness and it seems like there's a collective oneness in like all of the aspects of what you do yeah which I do think is cultural and specific yeah like I think for other people we were talking about the grind of like the individualistic narrow I want my own brand and yes. I want to push my own never been my jam I just yeah even, I just even when you were young yeah I just never been about like this is just for me like I know this is for me and like a bigger sphere of like my family and like knowing all the things that they left behind and like I mean we left behind you know what I mean and so 
it's just, yeah, I think uh, for a lot of overseas Filipino workers, it's never about them. It's never about like, oh, I'm going to America and it's going to be tight for me. It's like, oh, I'm going to America because I can make more money for the family and da da da. So, yeah, I grew up with that sense and I've never really let go of it. It's kind of been weird seeing all my homies from high school grow up and like do like something like different from that. You know what I mean? It's just like, it just makes me realize how un American that mindset is and then making me think about all my American homies and just like having an understanding of like okay this is something that I learned as a Filipino American um how do you negotiate your not your Americanness but how do you negotiate the the individual within the collective like has that Mm. been a struggle for you or do you feel Mm. like even having and I do want you to explain for a lot of people who don't know what brown girls is but like how do you have like the what is that kind of inner conversation between the different cultural values you negotiate. That's hella real. I think I've been, it's weird because sometimes I'm hella good at compartmentalizing that and then sometimes I'm just like, no, everything is everything, you know? But, um, huh, that's a really good question. I think as far as like recognizing myself as an individual, it comes out in like the methods of how I do things. It's Mm. like really like, this is, well, but see, even now I'm like reconciling, like, but then I also learned that from this and this and this. I think for me, I'm always going to think about who gave me what. And then, but there are specific things that I took for myself too. So I think that's how I reconcile. It's like, okay, I learned this from this person or this ancestor or this whatever, or this culture. And then there are other things that are like, okay, I discovered this for myself and I have like a great sense of pride in that. Like, like the jewelry or like even. Yeah, break that down for us. Like, what is Brown Girls? And then how yeah. did, how is that like a both a metaphor and like a very material way that you're so brown girls is my laser cut jewelry company it's um i do everything myself with the help of my family as well they started helping recently which has been tight um but yeah i design i laser cut i package i photo shoot i creatively direct i'm social market social media market everything customer service yeah everything and um it started off as like a passion project kind of out in Wisconsin and it was just like I was in a predominantly white institution and I just felt at the time it was like five years ago there was nothing that was like targeted towards women of color like if I looked through Instagram I wouldn't see a lot of women of color this the way I do now like it's crazy when I flip through timelines it's like there's so many black and brown women on my timeline on major ads you know what I mean and so there wasn't a lot of retail that was doing that back then like pre Fenty or pre whatever that was like all about inclusion and so yeah I made brown girls I was just kind of and it was like a a really long debate too because I was just like is this too specific like are Mm. people not gonna fuck with it because it's just centered around women of color it's like you know and then I kind of just like threw caution to the wind was like yeah it is specific (laughs) if people don't fuck with it then they don't fuck with it like they're not the type of people I would want in my circle then or who I would want to fuck with this stuff um but yeah it's it's kind of like how you said like a vessel of yeah being seen like I just felt in Wisconsin you're like either gonna like blend in with the whiteness or you're gonna like be the opposite and it was like and that's what I wanted to do it's like I've always been into statement jewelry I've always been into like huge accessories and like being hella extra we were just talking you were talking about like trying to dress like a normie and I've never well I was talking about failing at it yeah exactly and that's what I've always felt it's like yeah like I've always been into shit that was like really out there quote unquote so I wanted to make jewelry that was like okay like this is both something I would wear but it's also like an aesthetic metaphor as to like how the how people of color at this predominantly white institution look which is mad bold like mad you stick out in the snow it's like mad bright it's hella Mm. neon and it's the best type it's like just like hella bright like and i think at the time i wasn't necessarily seeing myself as that but it was like something i wanted to manifest it was like i wasn't necessarily seeing myself as like mad bold and mad bright but it was something that i was trying to like really manifest through the work of like okay let me keep making this stuff that I want to like be too you know what I mean so it's beautiful I have a twofold question off that like what for you even in your personal journey has been like the effect or impact of representation because Mm -hmm. to your point I think now we are in a time specifically right now where it's almost trendy to do like all of these different things but I still feel like for me I guess I'm answering the question I'm asking which Mm -hmm. is something I also need to work on (laughs) But um, I think one thing that people on air wouldn't know necessarily about you is that the practices um, 
behind the scenes that like go into creating the actual products to me mirror the mission and vision of your of your work Mm. and I think for me I'm noticing the difference between like something that's gestural or like aesthetic only and maybe like no one asks questions or dig deeper into the production yeah um whereas for you the digger you deep the more you're like oh this is really aligned Mm -hmm. um but for you what is that what was the impact of like not seeing yourself represented and like what do you think the limits and possibilities are of representation yeah I think damn that's like such wow um the effects of like representation I think are the things that I learned through poetry too Mm. like that's the first part of representation I've ever learned was like when I would do poems about my like being Filipino and then having like other Filipino girls be like oh my god like I've never heard you know and like or older people who are of the diaspora too who would just like let me know like and I think that's when I first realized the power of representation through poetry and so I took that over with brown girl like seeing the resonance someone else has when you spit spit a poem yeah and then it translates the same way with imagery so i studied art and stuff and like uh, i think like the things that i learned through visual representation it's the same principle that carries over you know what i'm saying it's like when you see something that feels like you looks like you it's like Mm -hmm. oh tight like i can relate or i can the part where it gets really weird now where it's like getting like trendy quote unquote is the gesture right so it's like now we have to step it up it's like now we have photos of people who look like us or like movies of people who look like us but what are we really doing for like the cause like or what are we really doing Mm. for the actual people who we're representing because i think representation is tight but it's not enough like i think on a cultural level it's tight like on a universal level a great step but it's still not enough (laughs) you know what i mean so it's like for me i when i do shoots it's like I like to, you know, fellowship with everybody who's in the shoot. Make sure that everyone's yeah. taken care of. Like, I pay my people. Yeah, you pay your people. I pay my people a lot. You feed you know your people. I, mean? I feed my people super tough. Like, I pay for everything. Uber, whatever, like, transportation. And then, like, would, like, feed them. Usually, like, a communal-style meal. Like, we did, like, a brown girl shoot with all Filipino women. We did Kamayan. Or I just was in Boston, and um, we did a shoot out there. And then we had dinner after and just, like, connected. So it's like that. I think I'm, my... Um, I feel like I have um, a, like a purpose to be a connector for folks and I you just do. love doing that so wh- wherever I'm at like if I'm working with somebody new it's like okay like I'm working with you but also like I'm trying to like build with you on a personal um, level uh, and I think that's where the representation can grow into something more than just an image that looks like somebody it's like okay this is like an intentional space that you set up for these people um so it's like that and it's just like put your money where your mouth is too so it's like you're representing these people are like you're showing them off as like a marketing piece but are you supporting them monetarily are you supporting them emotionally mentally whatever um yeah are you investing in, exactly yeah or like are do you have equal intention with like what goes into the production of the image right um, and I think something else that people wouldn't know about you unless they know you like I do is you're not someone who's big into like policing authenticity. And mm-hmm. I think there is a lot of like um, sometimes with representations or of like aesthetic or any yeah. fashion things, there's like a it actually kind of reproduces these like stereotypes of yeah. what a Filipino woman is or right. what a brown girl is. Right. And I think one thing if you guys check out b-r-w-n-g-r-l-z yes you can see like even in your discernment or decisions there's like a very um i feel like you're constantly trying new things and like it's not a static Mm -hmm. fixed way like you even use a lot of children which i love i used my nieces and that was so fun and they're your nieces yeah Yeah. (laughs) it was dope i just think oh man i've you know what's really had me fucked up in the best way is that Toni Morrison doc on Hulu. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, my goodness. But I've heard such good things. But it's really had me, like, shifting a lot of different just things about, like, art and how I even do stuff with brown girls. But, yeah, I think there are way- Like, she says, like, the most mind-blowing shit, which is, like, who would you be without racism? And, like, who would you be without the white gaze? And I was like, Phew. <laughs> just like this. Who am I? Right. And Tony. Then, but then that's, like, the whole reason why a lot of, like, Filipino American aesthetic like focuses on like tribal or like indigenous whatever when it's like bro you don't even really have a connection with that and that's no disrespect you know what I'm saying it's just like I want to be real with like the Filipino American experience that I have because it's like you know 
how far removed I am of my ancestors or like some some of my ancestors wouldn't even probably fuck with me I have like Spanish ancestors for <laughs> sure who would be like bro you're a monkey they would probably say that shit like fucking Spanish people it's and complicated yeah it's complicated as fuck and um but I think the the best thing we could do is be as authentic to our own experience yep. instead of like trying to yeah romanticize something because that's also the white gaze bro like this whole aesthetic on indigeneity and things like that like you like brown people running back to indigeneity when they've never had a connection to indigeneity is a result of white gays stripping you from your actual identity as a filipino american or as this like complex you know what i mean like it's like you don't have an identity in this in the canvas of america so they're going to make you run back to this thing that you think you're connected an imagined, to imagine yeah it's like an imagined nostalgia exactly. exactly and so yeah i've been trying to interrogate a lot of that within my work and past work you know and because i've made that mistake too i'm not like like you know what i mean i'm not like uh, immune to that shit um but yeah i had a conversation on diaspora and like reimagining that despite the white gaze when i was in boston with simmons college because that's not something i was like told in college it was kind of like again you know in a white institution it was reinforced that like okay like this is your history and this is what you're connected to when i never had a connection to like in like the igorots you know what i mean i never had a connection to like you know um and why not why why do we like not give ourselves and each other permission to ask a question and struggle with the answer out loud because right. i think that gives it opens up other people like even thinking about language and like I don't know if you guys say Taglish, but we say yeah, like Spanglish. Yeah. We say Taglish, yeah. Yeah, but it's like even exploring the ways in which people actually speak versus this roman- hyper-romanticized notion of like every like Latino American speaking perfect Spanish Word. or speaking none. Right. And like exploring the like anxiety of not being able to pronounce your own name the way right. it, you know, should quote unquote. But I think that both of us come from a tradition in our like youth speaksiness where mm. we're more interested in like asking questions yeah. instead of answering them yeah it's like that actually brings us to a place of authentic community exactly where people show up in all of the ways that they show up in usually in their anxieties and mad flawed right and it's like mad cool. flawed yeah hella flawed and instead of like even in especially in those white institutions and colleges and even like entrepreneur circles <laughs> there's actually a lot of encouraging yeah. of you know, manipulating your story to get in a certain place. And I'm like, but who does that like mm. in Toni Morrison's through her lens too, it's like, who does that serve though? Right, exactly. And like, why are we always begging this like white gaze? That's not even, it's honestly mythological to like confirm our and affirm and our humanity. Yeah. It's hella weird. When we're put, it's like, if you're putting out a false distorted image of self to a, like a mythological gaze and mm-hmm. asking it to see you. It's like, and then people wonder why they're depressed. It's like, that sounds horrible. <laughs> right, right. It's <laughs> like cycle of wanting to be seen or texted back by somebody who, who, don't, even, who don't even fuck with you. Know what I'm saying? It's like, that's the metaphor. It's like, imagine somebody who you really like think you fuck with not texting you back. Like that's the white gaze, bro. They're never going to text back and it's okay. I'm like, triggering. You know, <laughs> girl, same, but yeah, it's just like, and it's all it's like the it, it's an exchange of assumptions and it's ex, an exchange of like the distorted image exactly and it, it creates that dizziness that mm-hmm. i think hopefully you know we can challenge ourselves again it's very difficult yeah and i think some something that i've watched you over the years do is like i wouldn't say fail publicly but be held accountable publicly mm-hmm. and i don't see a lot of people do that because it it's scarier to be like i'm gonna learn out loud and i don't think a lot of people like doing that i think a lot of people like hiding until they feel perfect and then presenting the self yeah and i think you and i have learned the hard way again and again that the hard way is like rewarding right because it's honest yeah i think i'm guilty of both of like yeah being either like called out and like learning publicly which has been like a crazy ass experience but like a really dope experience and also doing like the hiding thing of like um not wanting anybody to see until it's like a hundo you know <laughs> and so it's just like and but that's re- i think like in the world of like social media and shit like that's kind of the shit we fall back on like the yeah. mode we fall back on um but i don't know maybe it's because i grew up in a family that was like heavily roasting all the time <laughs> like that's like a love language is like roasting or like whatever that it's been a lot i wouldn't say easier but like less 
surprising for me to like do with critique you <laughs> has know it I mean? been surprising <laughs> yeah. it's just like you know it happens and it's not like a dig on you it's like more so a challenge for you to question like where that came from and to interrogate and to dig deep onto like okay why did i do this or like why yeah what conditioned me in order to think about this or was it just myself whatever you know so. and i think it's it's honestly sometimes a, an invitation or a compliment that just shows you that people see how you move and then like respond back like right. you're someone who actually cares about the impact that you make so i'm gonna give you yeah a, i'm gonna like reflect back how that impacts impacting me god <laughs> we're gonna get into a couple more songs and then come back and get into a little bit more about not like love but <laughs> but love <laughs> so here's some oh, here's grace. some romance romantic songs <laughs> romantic vibes. to warm it up you know the vibes you know the vibes <laughs> um so keep it locked you guys are tuned into all day play fm this is gretchen and isa on rhizomatic radio stay tuned for more chitter chatter with the with the water signs oh my god oh my god Thinking about the things 
Good. You're tuned in to All Day Play FM. It's your girl Issa on Rhizomatic Radio, and we are joined by the lovely Gretchen. Gretch, wow. what's up? Hello, I am here, present, <laughs> present. and accounted for. <laughs> this is too much. A Jade, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I always did that impression of dudes who'd be like, you know about Jay Dilla? Oh I'm like, what are you gonna god. do about it? Oh god, what are you gonna do? You gonna ask me out on a I little date? They probably the <laughs> tiny hat no. gang. You know the tiny hats. <laughs> The tiny hats are out to get us, truly. They're just, they keep folding them more and more, and it's looking like like a little dickhead. Like, it's just really a, a little lot. rolled up condom on the yeah, head. Yeah, I'm like, dude, why you got a rolled up condom on your head? Like, chill. I know, it's always those, like, European whites who know a lot about the music. So it is. Or They're like, like, oh, yeah, the, I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> I saw the roots. Like, it's, right, it's a no for me, dog. You ever heard of Black Thought? I'm like, bruh. Do you know Mighty Most Death, a.k.a. <laughs> Yasin Yasin Bay? Um, Mighty. Mighty, the mighty most. Um, true, true story. I've taken Patron shots with most F. What? That's why Bitch, Nick's, what? Nick's funny oh. ass impression of me is always true. I'm always telling stories. I know musicians. Like, Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, all right, we only have ten minutes. So, with that ten minutes, oh girl, I so I'm writing this. Um, I don't know. It's not like an essay, but it's kind of just like a piece called. What is it called? It's called Lonely and Strong, Strong and Lonely, Magic and Mundane. And Mm. it's about my experience thinking about feeling like pressure or feeling like my models growing up were very didactic in terms of like, it's really important that you stay independent and strong. Mm. And my struggle with even figuring out how to be vulnerable in like any way that's practical. Mm -hmm. Like vulnerability is a concept school. Mm. I'm down. But (laughs) just in terms of like thinking about how to like even understand my own desire and my own needs Mm. outside of like subconsciously pushing people away Mm. to like handle business. And I see that in you and I'm not sure how you've negotiated being soft and strong and the and like as a woman being able to be complicated for yourself and then for others like how have you what's been your experience being both Mm, girl i feel like i'm hella hella soft one and um but there are moments i think i've learned like a really like weird i mean i guess i i have have moments of like rigidity too but um i think those moments only come out in anxiety Hmm. like i'm hella when 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 there's like just a lot of shit going on or like i'm in turmoil or like I, or i'm like a mr krabs meme then i get like when i'm in turmoil <laughs> that word is amazing dude when i'm I think deep that's in turmoil the only time where that like shit shows up where it's really not me hmm. and like it almost acts like a defensive thing um but otherwise you're good in terms of being like vulnerable i think so for the most part i think it it's weird because it like weirdly depends on who it is like i'm really good at being vulnerable to strangers too like <laughs> i don't know but i think it's i mean i think it's a poet thing too like yeah. you're like in the middle of a stage in front of a million people talking about like a childhood trauma that affected you when you were like 12 <laughs> and but then, is that vulnerable always oh see Ooh, you know twist. sometimes yeah. it's like maybe the distance between you on stage 
and the fact that it's something that you crafted that's true yeah i don't know i think i'm that's something i'm still unlearning is like figuring out how much of like performative vulnerability i've co-opted and like how much of it is like hella real but i know my soft ass like i know myself like i also know like how i'm just kind of on the aries moon tip like mad like i could say it all and be cool you know and then just like that's true about you walk away i don't not walk away but you know how do you negotiate because i think a lot of people well i think all of us are forced to think about love and work in separate ways Mm. and when i think really like life and emotions flow fluidly between all areas of life so it's a false binary but how do you understand the choices that you're making at i always think you're 40 but you're not (laughs) (laughs) you're a young thing you're a pyt a young thing um there's sometimes i think the same age we're not (laughs) you got a lot of bounce back years you could make a lot of mistakes dude go out there um do the mistake thing I'm just kidding. This not, is the plan I'm, I'm not. Ki- I'm not kidding. But how do you, at the age that you're at, with like the ambitions that you have, understand like what you want to do in love and work, or do you see those things as completely like one mm. collective oneness? Mm-hmm. I don't. It's like such a trip because I think I've just finally solidified like what my current goals are, and it's so not related to love. But I will be down to make room for love if it comes along. You know what I mean? And not not even. I don't know maybe it's not even love but maybe it's just like intimacy i just feel so busy that i know i can't yeah. commit to anything but i'm hella down to like that sounds like a really complex way of saying i'm down to hoe but like you know what I'm saying? it's just like but i think it is like like for all you listeners <laughs> stop <laughs> trying oh to get God. you insights this is not a psa but <laughs> no it's just like it sounds like that. i know so i guess monday through thursday <laughs> and the weekend no um but it's yeah it's just a trip because for me when i get into relationships when i'm in love i'm just like really all caution to the wind fully fully committed like super down hella ride or die oh i'm and sure the, yeah period and then that but for me as somebody who's like mad busy right now scares the shit out of me so i've been kind of avoiding it like a lot of different possibilities exploring love because i just know it would be doing a disservice to somebody because I wouldn't be able to like love them the way I know I could because I'm just so set on my career right now. And Are it's you someone trip. who looks for love or do you think that love, that people find each other when uh, they need to? I think both. Yeah. I mean, I'm a cancer. I'd be falling in love like every two seconds. Somebody who's Yikes. fine, just like, ah, tight. <laughs> Um, this could be the one. That could, could be, be the, the one. one. That could be, definitely. The narrator's like, it was not the one. <laughs> it was just like, that's it. But none of them. Are none anyone. Of them. No one's anyone. Um, but I think, uh, fuck, <laughs> yeah. I I don't think I necessarily like look for it. I think it just most of my relationships have been like homies and stuff, and it's just like, oh, this connection's already been fostered, and it's like tight. it grows. Yeah, and it kind of grows into something else, um, which is dope, but. But I just really like building friend friendly ass relationships. Like <laughs> I just like being homies with somebody like that's, like, that's the funniest bio. <laughs> I just like friendly, friendly ass relationships. Like that's it. So I don't necessarily think I look for it. I think I'm just like, okay, I really fuck with spending time with this person or And, and you have an interesting you i've i've been i think because i'm freaking i look like i'm 12 but i'm like 33 <laughs> um <laughs> no I'm, I'm gonna own that i'm 33 that number's sexy 33 it is period thank you um but i was thinking about how um a lot of times the relationships of our family members shape our own expectations mm. and both of us have like capital s stories yeah of like how you know our parents or how different family members met <laughs> yeah that's and, so tough like yeah and we're already into stories <laughs> right so i think it's interesting like managing expectations oh when you have God. like these narratives that yeah. you're trying that are probably subconsciously there's probably subconscious attachments to like an, an, an a story that right. i think something like 
you know, the ways that most people create love. Mm-hmm. And that, that, yeah, the story should never trump the feeling of like being in the experience. Mm-hmm. But I think you also have some pretty like amazing Wild. stories. We've talked, yeah, about this. Like my dad had to go through a whole fucking hood Oops. he's never been through before to get to my grandfather who like ripped his shirt off and was like- Exposed the tats. Fu- Exposed his jail tattoos and was just like, you're trying to date my daughter. And my dad still went through it. You know what I'm saying? And that's why it makes me feel so like- <laughs> pathetic when i'm like talking to my dad about like somebody i'm dating or trying to see and it's like so he won't even drive here or like so he won't even so you met him so on an app that. right so he's like <laughs> so, ride right so he won't have dinner with us it's just like weird shit but then it's like but that's also like a cultural expectation in the philippines you know and so it is it's yeah of like meeting family oh like off top you know what i mean not even like deep into the relationship it's like oh you're trying to court my daughter so I what think, do you think of courting now? Like, what do you think oof, of, like... That's homies. For me, yeah. courting is being a homie, dude. Like, that's my 2019, 2020, and beyond version of, like, what it means to court somebody. It's like, you're really trying to get to know me on, like, a homie tip. Like, figure out what kind of music I like. Like, figure out what kind of food spots I fuck with. Like, I think that's being a homie. You know what yeah. I mean? Because I do that with my friends. By being a homie, you mean without expectations. Yeah, without Just expectations. Like, loving on people yeah just like hella loving on people because i think that's like that's where it gets misconstrued it's like where the courting in the philippines is hella different because there's an expectation of like you answering a question or you answering what they want you to answer whereas like being a homie is just like i'm gonna be here regardless for you that's my shit what do you think of and then i can't tell if there's someone trying to get on air but they're gonna have to wait period um my last question is yeah what do you think of because there's like right now there's the illusion of choice like Mm -hmm. especially with apps and i think there is a lot of nuance there especially for women like apps could create potentially like a more safe and diverse sex life or like Mm -hmm. options but then the flip of that is like kind of um stigmatizing arranged marriage Mm -hmm. which a lot of communities still practice and i think arranged marriage is something interesting it fascinates me to think about because we mm-hmm. have this like illusion of never any choice word and even in the quote-unquote freedom we usually reproduce like our class level or certain things um we just reproduce yeah. even without like even with the freedom of choice what do you think of arranged marriage as like a concept relative to this current like climate of like oh you could date anybody yeah i think it's like weirdly um yeah i think i think both of what you were just saying about like the illusion it's like an illusion like a lot of like that choice is an illusion and so when people look down upon like a lot of like cultural norms around arranged marriage it's like actually this is a lot more well curated than your tinder so it's just like why are you dissing right now you know what i'm saying like this is a lot more thoughtfully i mean i'm not speaking for all i don't know everybody's traditions on like arranged things but there's like a lot of thought the homies that i do know that have had them it's like your parents like build it you know what i'm saying and which is yeah like a lack of like autonomy on your end but also it's like kind of still like a caring thing as Mm. opposed to like an algorithm like how the fuck are you gonna let an algorithm know you better than your family yeah like that's fucked up that's deep um but shit that's 2019 2020 so the feds be knowing the feds fucking know (laughs) the kind of ads i want to see and shit like that yeah that is interesting like thinking about algorithms versus families right i want to think about that more it's like y'all it's the same thing it's just one is automated and the other one is like an organic your family is like an organic ass algorithm for you because my my sisters know which kinds of shit i would buy my sisters know what kinds of ads i would fuck with or like what kind of music i would bang with yeah you know what i'm saying so it's like why are you dissing one tradition when it's literally the same thing <laughs> that you're swiping on your phone <laughs> yeah except it's the feds because it's the idea you. of choosing right right um to respect call your mom we have divya in the house Hey. So all you call your mom fans will shut up soon. Um, act, <laughs> like right now. But can you can you give folks like a like where can they follow you? Where Word. can they homie you? Yes. Um, my Instagram for my earrings is browngirls.com. My personal is Gretchen BC underscore. <laughs> I just made a new one because you this, with the underscore. Yeah, I had to. I wanted to just do Gretchen BC, but this gamer bought my old account and so I sold it to them. So then I made a new one. So follow me on there if you want to be a homie. Um, yeah you could catch me at any events coming up girl so many holiday things like in november west coast craft renegade craft like all these things um get your loved ones yeah yeah 
I'll be in Seattle. I'll be in Chicago. I'll be in New York doing poems You're and so things. Poppin'. It's going to be nuts. And I'll be in her carry-on luggage. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Oh, my God. I'm, like, already just constantly wearing your shit. Yes. And people think. I got more for you for your birthday, so it's lit. Shout out my Scorpios. Ow. Ow, we're the Tis best. the season. <laughs> it's not a competition, but it is, and we're winning. <laughs> Astrology um. is a Scorpio. <laughs> Well, thank you for tuning in to All Day Play FM. This is another um, Rhizomatic Radio episode, and we'll be in two weeks. So it's not every week. Fourth week of November, we're in this thing. So Ow. shout out to Gretchen. Thank Yay, you. Thanks for having me. Yes, Love and y'all. stay tuned to Call Your Mom with Divya.